You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Quest for 100. It is I, one of the two friendly hosts here, hopefully friendly today. Uh, I am Justin, as the man said, and the uh, my, my co-host here, Brian, uh, is, is here as well. How you doing, Brian? I am here. I am here. I'm doing well. You are. You are there. You are on the other screen, uh, or not the other screen, you're on my screen in another place. Uh, we're on another Zoom call today. But we've we've had some good success with the Zoom recently, so that's that's been positive. Yeah, um, yeah, it's worked well. Worked well last week. I can't believe yeah. again. Can't believe it took us this long to f- figure that out. I blame I myself being the kind of yeah. You're the tech guy. Tech guy. But, yeah. You know yeah, that's okay. Good. I I mean I, it's not like I'm not on Zoom calls every day. Yeah, so. it's almost like <laughs> I almost kind of don't want to be on a zoom call because i'm on so many zoom calls or video conference calls so maybe that's why i was blocking it out for the first 90 days that could be be. there's definitely zoom fatigue and so getting on another one but but really like a phone call is just not quite the same i mean at least we can again i've said this last week but at least i can see verbal and cues and and facial cues that yeah sometimes work but but, you know, I, I do want to bring attention uh, before we dig into this topic at hand, which is credit cards, which we thought would be interesting. Bottom topic. of the barrel again. We're it, it, it scraping. Is, but, again, I I do enjoy the topics. I don't know how debates will go. I'm, I'm curious about the history. Um, stats were interesting. But, you know, credit cards is an everyday thing. So I think people are pretty passionate about everyday things. Yeah, and credit card might be one of them. But yeah. but what I w- did want to bring attention to, which we may not have done yet last week, was that we are in the last twenty percent—not last, potentially last. Well, I'll say last twenty percent to get to our for goal the quest. Yeah, the quest to the one hundred. Yes, we're in the last twenty percent. Um, we'll, yes. we'll have to see what we're doing after that. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, this is episode eighty-one. Which again, every time I read a number like that for this. It just puts me in shock that we've done that many episodes. Yeah. Yeah, we um, finally surpassed the number of total downloads on our first episode. So we need to get some more viewers or listeners to our first episode so that yes. we hit that 100 mark by the time we are done recording. But That's true. That's a good point. All right, so we got 19 to 20 weeks to get our listeners up. Yeah. Um, I'm confident. We'll do it. We, we we still have the regulars, though. I know there's a lot of people still tuning in week to week, so I appreciate you guys, um, even though you may not be traveling much, although maybe more, you're traveling more with your cars recently, so hopefully you found some time for us there. But regardless of all of that, you're here now, and we appreciate that, so let's, uh, let's, let's dig into some news, Brian. You're a newsman, and I ever tell you otherwise... All right, so my news related to credit cards actually comes in from the uh, Business Insider. And 
the news was that consumers are actually using more debit cards compared to other high-end option of credit cards as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Hmm. Visa found this out. So Visa's U.S. credit card volumes fell sharply in May year over year, while debit card usage grew 12%, according to an SEC filing this week, uh, which I thought all that was pretty interesting. The payment card company's internal analysis found that the trend transition could drive away $100 billion annually from credit to debit cards. And they said there's a consumer psyche of sort of not spending someone else's money, but spending my own money, uh, said Oliver Jenkins, which is Visa's North American group executive. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what to expect with this when I was started reading about it, but the fact that people are still spending but they're being cautious with their spending with the shift to debit and that makes sense to me i guess i never realized how much of that might affect the credit card industry yeah um but uh but yeah big big hit that's happening currently hmm. yeah we'll get into that a little bit later of uh, i'm just a little perplexed but that's that's just me and how i kind of treat a credit card but my news uh, came from CNBC, and it's uh, actually about the spending habits as well of, of people who are using their credit card. And so traveling spending has actually plunged more than 85% when you know looking at all of these various credit cards. Home improvement and food delivery sales have soared, though. But even outpacing yeah. both of those areas is groceries. Oh, yeah. So... Ernest uh, Research did a, a study and or looked at a lot, of, a lot of the statistics and grocery sales spiked by 79% in, in March, uh, that first kind of week in March of, of the quarantine. And we kind of talked about that in, in the uh, Costco episode, but it's dropped since then, but it's still significantly higher than it was this time last year. And so yeah. this story actually was was looking at some of the best cards to utilize when shopping for groceries. And, and so they came with the highest cash back uh, on groceries was the blue cash preferred card from Amex. The uh, best no annual fee grocery card was the blue cash everyday card from Amex. And then the uh, best online grocery shopping card was the Amazon Prime Rewards Visa Signature Card. So if you're doing a lot more shopping on, on groceries, you might want to check one of those cards out. Yeah, I am I mean, it's cool that you bring that up. One, I always find interest in looking at, I mean, we don't have enough time in the day to, or in this podcast to go over all the cool, you know, comparing different cards against other cards that we'll probably talk about our own. Um, so I'm glad you bring that up. But I can actually specifically say, you know, I'm a numbers guy at heart. So this is true, true uh, love for the craft. But uh, I did run my finances um, and did comparison over the last, the previous month and the previous year and looked at, and I actually, my grocery bills went up 11% uh, during these times. And I thought that was fitting in that we are, you know, we're, we are home. Usually, you know, uh, my work will have 
some food available there. So, you know, we're spending more that way, but then we're also trying to eat healthy. So typically with that, you know, it's been working well, but at the same time we're spending more on when you eat healthier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we saw 11% increase and, um, it's not a shock to me that other people are seeing increases. Well, and obviously, you know, for a lot of that, that's not even including some of the houseware items too, that you're probably using a lot more of, of the, you know, toilet paper and paper towels and and cleaning products just because you're spending more time at your house. So those normally get lumped into groceries because they come from the, typically come from the grocery store. Most people pick them up from there. So, uh, before we jump into some dropping some knowledge, I, I just want to make sure that we kind of set the stage, Justin, and, and mm. you know, where do you come from with this credit card world as we unbury the lead? Um, so I am a, I am lucky enough to be an advocate for credit cards and we'll get into some details about, you know, maybe how we use them and all that, but um, but I currently have a, a work credit card. I have a, a personal credit card and then a, um, a debit card. And one is Visa, one is Amex, and one is MasterCard. Um, so I have uh, oh. three of the main four. I also have a Discover card that I haven't used in like 10 years, but it still is under my account and they haven't closed it out. So um that is, I believe, still there. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I technically have all of them if I need them. Wow. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm a big advocate if you can use a credit card and, and maximize the cash back or whatever the benefits are of the card. Um, but obviously, people are in different scenarios, so it's not doesn't always work for everybody. But I've found a lot of success from that. Well, it's just being responsible about yep. your spending. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Brian? I am not as diverse in my credit card array as you are. Um, I have the Alaska Airlines Visa signature mm-hmm. card, and uh, that's kind of my go-to. Uh, I also, like you, have a work credit card. Uh, and then we talked about this in the Costco episode. I have a Visa Costco card, um, you know, credit oh, yeah, card. That's, right. uh, that's actually technically through my mother's account and everything, but have that available and then uh, have a debit card like yourself through through my banking as well. So uh, all of those except for my work card are now Visa. So I don't have the array like you have. But sure. um, yeah, I, I, I like my Alaska card a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy. I have the uh, Barkley Arrival card, which is a MasterCard. Um, and I also like my name. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some dropping some knowledge. As we normally do, I am the history guy and Justin is the stats guy. I always go first. So Edward Bellamy in his 1887 novel, Looking Backward, used the term credit card referring to us to spending a citizen's dividend from the government rather than the idea of borrowing and so this was kind of the first use of the the words credit card together and uh, apparently he used it 11 times total in his novel if you're wondering okay i, I was i was i was hoping it was more than 10 so i'm glad it's you a, said 11 that's a stat that i'm sure you did not have <laughs> 
you are correct. You know, but the the first introduction to this type of spending really came from the charge coins, and these were used during the late 19th century and up until the 1930s. And they were various types of metal, and they had a hole in the middle that you could a could could put the card or the coin on a key ring. And this was given to customers who had charge accounts at department stores, hotels, or other establishments. And it usually contains the charge account number and the merchant's logo and name. Didn't have the the charge account holder's name on it. So there was actually a lot of, you know, theft and and you know, if you lost this coin, your account was going to be wiped out because that, you know, there was nothing tying you to that coin and and you couldn't check IDs or anything like that. So it was really a simple and fast way to copy charge account information to the sales slip. So it, it sped things up a lot. But then, you know, as we kind of evolved in technology, we just saw things speed up even more and more. So the charge plate was developed by the Farrington Manufacturing Company in 1928 and was used in the U.S. from the 1930s to the 1950s. It was a piece of sheet metal embossed with the customer's name, city, and state, and then a small paper card on the back with the signature. It kind of looks similar similar to a dog tag with that embossed look to it. Yeah. And then in, in 1934, American Airlines and Air Transport Association, they actually invented the the air travel card. And they created this number scheme that identified the issuer of the card and the customer account. And so by the 1940s, all major U.S. airlines actually offered air travel cards. H- half of the airline's revenues at that time actually came from these air travel cards arrangements. And then in 1950, Ralph Schneider and Frank McNamara founded the Diners Club to consolidate multiple cards. Because up until this point, um, you know, after the airlines kind of started it, all of these different, you know, merchants and establishments had their own cards. And so this diners club was was the first one to consolidate these all together and they actually at that time required the entire bill uh of the statement to be paid um whenever you got your bill so it it wasn't really a credit card as we know it because you did still have to pay it monthly but it, it was kind of that first introduction to an idea of this multiple establishments taking the same card. Yeah. So carte blanche, which was the Hilton hotels card and American express started their own cards in 1958. One interesting note about American express is that it actually wasn't originally a financial card and financial institution, uh, but it was supposed to be a competitor to the U S postal service. It really it no. later became that you know idea of a postal or a, excuse me a financial institution similar to like Western Union and and using travelers checks and um, money orders and things like that that would could be sent across you know to different cities and counties and whatever. Got it. But okay. but you know the initial you know idea behind American Express was actually 
just straight male. In September of 1958, American uh, Bank of America launched the Bank AmeriCard, and this would become the first successful modern credit card. And we'll have a little bit more information about that later. But but in response to this, in 1966, a group another group of banks established the Master Charge, which became the precursor to the Mastercard. So really early in the history of credit cards, banks would actually mass produce and mass mail the cards to customers. And, you know, typically it would be responsible, you know, card holders, but eventually they started to just mass mail it to anyone in their bank. And so you had people who maybe weren't in such financial, good financial standing, Mm -hmm. and they were just mailing this stuff out to them. But then in, in 1970, it was actually outlawed because of the negative financial impact on the economy that yeah. this had, because basically everybody had a credit card now. That's that's so crazy. What, I mean, you, they, they, you say, or you know, history repeats itself. Like the housing crisis that happened yeah. uh, is not all that, that dissimilar yeah. than what happened here. And people were like, oh, well, yeah, well, the like, interest rates are so low or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's everybody was getting a loan. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> It's. I mean, you know that if there is a law that doesn't exist, or if it's if there's a loophole, people are going to exploit it, and you know they probably like, oh, look at this, and maybe they didn't think negatively about it, but they're like, we can send this to everybody, and we'll get more cash influx, and then there'll be more, you know, money that comes through. Yeah. Ooh, that's crazy. I'm glad that they outlawed that. Yeah. So then after 1970, only applications could be sent. So that's why you still get stuff from your banks. But yeah. they're only applications rather than a physical card that you could actually go start using right right away. Yep. Also in 1970, the magnetic strip was actually introduced by IBM. So the magnetic strip that you typically see on these cards. Yeah. So before the commu- computerization of credit card systems in America, using a credit card at the merchant was actually very you know, complicated and, and time consuming. So each time the consumer wanted to use a credit card, the merchant would have to call their bank who in turn would then have to call the credit card company, which then had to uh, go manually look up the customer's name and credit card balance to make sure that it was okay to spend the money. Wow. Yeah. In 1973, this became completely computerized under the leadership of D Hawk who was the t- at the time the, the CEO of uh, Bank AmeriCard and really allowed the transaction to happen you know almost instantaneously under a minute um, with the help with the magnetic strips and all that kind of stuff so I talked about you know um, this AmeriCard and, and we'd have a little bit more information well you know you don't hear about AmeriCard Bank AmeriCard now. That's because in 1976, it was actually renamed to Visa. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So Bank of America actually started Visa, essentially. In uh, wow. in uh, 1981, this is when we saw the first rewards program, and this was offered by American Airlines. So American Airlines has a... Okay you know, significant impact on the, the credit card yeah. business. Yeah. Huh. 
Uh, and then in 1986, Sears unveiled the Discover card, and it actually did so commercial during the Super Bowl 20. Okay. Yeah. A couple other trends that we saw coming around, you know, in the 2000s, uh, 2002, there was a mini credit card trend, basically like a keychain credit card. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I, I guess cool. I never had one. I mean, I you know, the, I guess, club cards are like the you know, your Safeway card and all of that type of stuff sure. used yes, to be on yes. those. But yes. I don't know that I ever had one that was actually a I wonder credit card. I'm curious yeah, I'm curious if you know, the credit cards was after like those mini credit cards were after some of those little club cards started to become popular. Yeah, um, I don't know. Or if it was before, but I yeah, I I had those little club cards, but I would have never thought to have a credit card on there. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And then uh, in 2015, that's when we saw the switch from the magnetic strip to the chip cards. And then mm-hmm. obviously, most recently, you have the touchless cards, whether that be yeah. actually in the card or, you know, through things like your, you know, phone or, or, or whatnot. So, yeah. Um, one, one small thing as you were kind of talking through all of this, um, I've mentioned in other podcasts. Uh, or other episodes um, you know my mom ran a, a bunch of different businesses and you know I, I specifically remember I think it was it could have been all of them but but for the Beanie Baby business that she ran um, this was in the 90s and you know the processing equipment for credit cards was not very common so when but but credit cards were or at least you know were pretty popular and so um, we had this this device, which I think you can still find every once in a while, mm-hmm. where it's like almost like you put the card down and there's this uh, paper there, yep. and then you just pull it back and forth, um, and it just kind of puts a little bit of graphite, you know, imprint of yep. the uh, credit yep. card. And then we would then, I believe we would manually put them in or submit them somehow. I forget how, how we yep. did it, but at yep. least we'd get like the information. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically what the charge of plate was back in the, you know, 20 and 30 thirties. And then, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's okay. slowly evolved to that idea of if you didn't have a computer system or anything like that, you'd, you'd still have those, you know, carbon copy receipts yep. and, and paper slips, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. No, but so it's just it's cool even just how much it's evolved in our lifetimes yeah. um, to, to be where it is today. All right, cool. Well, I will jump through a couple stats here. So uh, there are 1.9 billion credit cards in use in the United States of America right now. Uh, there are 2.8 billion worldwide. So we make up a heck of a lot of that credit about you know about two-thirds almost which isn't again surprising but it also sometimes seeing these numbers like oh we spend a lot we uh use credit cards a lot yeah 70 percent of the united states population carries a credit card with 34 percent carrying three or more so i i guess i would fall into this category in that i have two credit cards and one debit card that I carry with me and the, and the um, 
the discover i don't carry with me but you know i'm probably safe to say i'm probably in that group yeah i, I would count that as carry with you yeah just even having it i would say it's carry with you okay fair enough um yeah so americans are 40 percent likely to use uh, a credit card on a purchase uh, that will and should continue to increase every single year I, I believe i think we're you know moving taking steps every single day every year organizations are taking steps towards cashless so i i'm surprised it's actually that low i'm very i, I shifted a couple of years ago to uh, actually one of my buddies uh, who works for Facebook, he is a big advocate for no cash and just everything digital. And I couldn't make that big shift, but I I am someone who very rarely uses cash. Mm-hmm. I almost always use. Um, probably 95% of my purchases are made through credit card yep. versus otherwise. Same. So 14% of Americans have... Oh, this was precious this is earlier. Fourteen percent of Americans have at least ten credit cards. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that is wild to me. I don't know what. Now, I mean, you were talking about this, and I don't think we'll get into it, but I have thought about you know when you're saying, "Oh, the, this is a great grocery card." Like, okay, well, I could have a credit card just for grocery. I could have one just for travel. I could have one just for you know, tech or online purchase, or I don't know. But, and I've thought about that. And maybe those those are those people. Um, they also could be just people that are maxing out and moving on to a new card. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. um, I just thought that was very high um, that that many people do. Uh, actually, this goes in line with the previous stat too. Sixty percent of Americans believe that U.S. will will soon become a cashless society. Uh, again, I'm in that category as well. Uh, I would say so. I mean, it, uh, the biggest thing that was holding it back was really the connectivity to the internet. I mean, nowadays, almost everybody has the various, you know, square or some type of way to pay through their phone. So even uh, yeah. small vendors, you know, that are maybe at farmer's markets or, or not necessarily in permanent locations can easily take credit cards now. Yeah. And, and I mean, you were saying this too, but the, uh, like Venmo, the invention of Venmo or, or apps like that, you know, that was the biggest thing holding back a cashless society is the ability to pay small, you know, a friend or to, you know, even a small business, a lot of them are accepting Venmo now. So the, um, the ability to use it like that is is pretty amazing and, and obviously with credit cards paired with that so uh the national average household credit card debt sits at five thousand three hundred and thirty one dollars wow yep uh and the the four major actually so i'll get into i'll get into this the average per year spent on credit card interest is $753. That's just spent on interest. And the average percent interest an American has on their credit card is 14%, uh, 14.14%, um, which uh, I think most credit card companies, after you go through the introductory phase, shift to 
I've seen, and I haven't done it in a while, but I've seen around that 14, 15, you know, 16, 17 range, um, which is insane if you're to, to have a credit card and be paying, in my opinion, paying that every month if you don't pay it off. But, but yeah, so by a fairly wide margin, females carry less credit card debt than males. Huh. Um, yeah. I, I don't that, know why I would think that was the opposite. I yeah, mean, just I from online the, spending maybe or, or just spending yeah. habits in general. So, so the, the numbers are males are at, at 7,400 and females are at 5,200. Um, but the, the trend shows that this is most likely due to women using their cards for smaller purchases, mm. whereas men tend to use their cards for bigger ones. And I, you know, my wife and I, Alyssa, like we are very much like that. I, I don't buy a lot of small things with my credit card, but I will, you know, spend something big every once in a while. Whereas she will buy, you know, a bunch of small things and never buys anything hmm. really that big. So um, that that makes a lot of sense to me. the The four major credit card companies are as follows. So Visa has three hundred and thirty three million cards, which is fifty three percent of the market. Mastercard has two hundred million cards at thirty two percent. Discover has fifty one million; they're at eight percent, and then. Amex or American Express is at 48, which is around 8% too. And, uh, you know, the others kind of, if there are others, I guess there is, but they kind of fill the other category. Um, I did want to do a little bit, this is kind of connected to credit cards and not everybody understands uh, um, credit scores. And I know I was... Uh, I found a lot of interest when I first got my credit card and then even just through the years of how these things are, are when you buy a house, how is this calculated? Or when you, you know, get a car, how, how do they calculate their, your FICO credit score? Um, and there's, there's other, there's now new scores too that are, that are a little different than this, but, but FICO is kind of the tried and true for credit cards. And uh, a score is a type of credit score that is, a number that ranges between 300 and 850 and a good credit good credit score is considered 670 or higher uh, 35% is made up for uh, your payment history 30% is the amount owed 15% is the length of credit history 10% is new credit and 10% is credit mix. So that's kind of how they break it down. So, you know, you'll hear, oh, you got to have this card for years and years and years. And, you know, it's really important. And, oh, but it also is how much you have sitting on it. And if you carry balances over and, you know, there's all these things you hear, but that's the, that's actually how FICO um, measures their, their, um, so, Payment history is the most important is what you get out of that or what I get out of that and just making sure that you always pay on time and never late uh, is key. Any score uh, of 670 or higher is considered to be good, though 800 or greater would be considered exceptional. And 67% of Americans have at least a good credit score, which I thought was, was, was pretty great. I mean, that means that 33% don't, yeah. but yeah. 
don't know. I was I was pretty yeah. two thirds with two thirds of yeah, America. Two thirds with good score. Yeah. The percentage of the population that has a FICO score over eight hundred is twenty one point eight percent, which is uh, up um, a full percent from the year before, and one point two percent have a perfect credit score. Uh, wow. The and then a couple other quick stats. Uh, the average score is seven hundred and three, and the the two states. So the the number one state for credit score is actually Minnesota, at seven hundred nine average, and then Mississippi is the lowest. And I looked a little bit deeper into that, and it it sounded as if that there's no real strong correlations to that. I mean, you could look at demographics a little bit, but there's still no consistencies to, you know, certain demographics, certain demographics within states. There are, you know, male versus female, like I said, race plays a factor um, with some of these statistics. But Well, I'd be interested the, to know, because even you look at, I mean, I guess it was more Louisiana, but like Mississippi gets hit, can get hit pretty hard from a weather standpoint as well Mm -hmm. yeah you know it obviously hurricane katrina hit and that's kind of what i was initially thinking of but it hit louisiana more but does that play a factor in in you know the economics of of recovery um from that type of thing yeah no i mean it's it's a good point and i think that there are uh, a number of factors that's why it's hard to really pinpoint the specific one because there's a number of factors that kind of come into play. And while, again, you may look at like the male and female and say, Oh, like that's one that's, well, if there's more males in, in Mississippi, then maybe that means that their credit score will be, you know, like stuff like that, 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 you know, don't necessarily carry over. But, um, but I thought it was interesting that, you know, that's a pretty big difference. 60 points uh, on a credit score in when you're looking at averages is, is pretty, pretty big difference. So, Anyway, I thought I thought that was interesting, but that's that's all I got for the stats. All right, well, let's jump into some friendship test. We just become best friends. Yep. All right, Justin. What? Since we didn't really touch on this in our unburying the lead, what was your first credit card? Yes. Yeah, so my first credit card was the Discover card, which is still under my name, and I haven't used in like ten years. Why'd you but get it? So, uh, two reasons. Uh, one, Discover was very accommodating to young people in getting their first credit. I believe I applied for a couple different credit cards, which, fun side note, maybe not fun side note, but side note, the acceptance of a credit card when you're a teenager is almost like getting accepted to college. <laughs> like, it is an exciting moment. Like, if, feels like you're an adult when you get that. Yeah. I think I got mine when I was maybe 18, 17, 18, 19, somewhere in that range. And, uh, and when discover accepted, like I was super excited and actually, Oh my gosh, this makes me really excited. I didn't even think about it until right now. Uh, my first credit card was a custom credit card and it was a mixtape. discover allowed, uh, this custom credit card that was, just for like a two, like a one or two year period, they offered this thing, and it was this, um, this uh, you know mixtape. And I had so many people every time I pulled that thing out, 
so many people complimented me on it. It was the coolest card ever. Um, and so I loved, I loved it. I, I use it as much as I was able to, to, you know, pay things off and whatnot. Um, and then like a couple years later, they did like a year or two later or whatever, when it, when it first expired, I got it. They allowed, they like grandfathered me in to get the same card again. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, they stopped doing it. Mm. Uh, and that really, not that that made me shift, but uh, it was pretty close. But, but in short though, it was, it was a good cashback card. I think it was like 5% between one and 5% on all, all purchases. And then they would, they would give like have a gas month. And every time you bought gas that month, it would be additional percentages hmm. and all that. So I, it was good for setting up my first credit and getting involved. So I enjoyed it for what it's worth, but then I, out, I outgrew it. Yep. So what about you? My first one was actually the, the American express Costco card that, my mom signed me up for when I was yeah. younger to, to help start that credit score. But then I didn't really sign up for a credit card for a long time. Um, after that, you know, that was my only credit card and, and I was using my debit card for quite a while until probably, I want to say maybe eight years ago when I signed up wow. for an Alaska airlines credit card. That, that was my first, I guess, I would say adult credit card that I've even signed up for. Yeah. So Interesting. I, I really only had, I guess, I mean, you know, if you want to count the Amer- American Express or Visa uh, credit card that was tied to the Costco card, then, you know, that's really the first one. But I've really only had one other one or one real one that I would say from a, a adulting standpoint. So... Yeah, it, it, it you know I I wasn't I, mean, I guess I was a little shocked. But then I realized when I was recalculating myself. I mean, I think eight years ago was when I got my first not real credit card, but because the Discover was a real card. But I felt like my first adult card where there was like more sophistication to how you use it and your benefits and travel and all that other stuff. I was was about eight years ago, right before we came out to Seattle. I think was when I got that card and I have not shifted since. So, so is, um, is that your, that card that you have now, is that your favorite credit card? I mean, it's hard to say it isn't. I did a lot. I mean, I, I, a lot of research, um, into the best travel card. Cause I, I wanted something to, be able to allow us to get cheaper rates going back to Pennsylvania. And I figured we would be traveling more, which was right. We were. And uh, so I, I did a lot of investment. The The intro rate, I think it was a free annual fee. It was, and this is the uh, Barclay Arrival Plus, which I've, I know other people have it too, so they've done the research. But um, it's not specific to a specific uh, travel agency, but when you travel with any type of thing, whether that's renting a car or taking a plane or whatever, um, even Uber allows you to kind of get additional points back. And yeah, it just, it had, I think we got six or $700, maybe even more than that. It might've been closer to like eight or $900 in the first year that was provided by just signing up at the time and then since then I've probably 
I mean, I, I could run the numbers, but I didn't, uh, but probably a couple of hundred dollars every single year that I get in, in travel credit. Um, maybe, and maybe even more, but just with how much I spend on it. So explain to me this, how, how does that work since it's not tied to a specific travel entity? Like how yeah, do you redeem so, that? So what happens is I, let's say I buy a flight to from Delta uh, and I buy that flight, it goes onto my card. I then go into my account and I can go to my rewards and I can choose to get double points on, now I can get single points if I wanted to on normal purchases, but I will choose to redeem points on travel purchases, which saves me you know, X amount of dollars or gives me X amount of dollars towards, you know, paying off my bill essentially. So, um, I, I sometimes just let it build up and then I'll, uh, you know, I'll use it on a, a bigger purchase. And then, and then every time I do that, let's say I, you know, I don't know what the rail conversion is, but, um, uh, let's say I spend a hundred dollars on a flight and then I, I use that hundred dollars. I actually get like 10 or 15% back. So, you know, even though I spent the hundred or I got a hundred dollars in, in value back, it gives me more points back onto my account so that I can spend them again. So got it. It it's so essentially nice. essentially it's not like a it's it's a point system, but it's not uh it's almost like refunding you your trips yeah. than yes. than anything else. Got it. Yep, yeah, exactly. And and more specifically, it's best used for traveling things because you get more points and you get more all that so i don't ever redeem on a purchase that's not travel related it's always on you know something travel related. got it i see well obviously my favorite credit card is my alaska airlines card and and that works a little bit differently because it's obviously through alaska airlines and so i'm specifically getting mileage points for Alaska Airlines based off of my spending. And so, you know, there's various different levels of, of what you can spend. Uh, they also do have some offers for cash back and actual cash back, you know, depending on the vendors and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, one of the things that I really like about it and being a single guy, I don't really take advantage of it at all, but I like the fact that it allows for a you know com- what they call a companion fare so you basically pay $99 plus the tax so it ends up being like 120 and that is your fare for a companion to travel with you anywhere that Alaska Airlines travels so like for instance if i go to Hawaii and a one ticket is worth you know $500 the other ticket no blackout dates no like restrictions or any thing is that 110 or whatever it might be with taxes 99 plus taxes so you're almost saving like 300 dollars right there um and the i think the initial fee is like or the yearly annual fee is like 125 dollars or something like that so like it's easily recouped if you're spending it um you know in the right places and and traveling kind of big trips the other thing I like about it is just like the simple things of traveling with Alaska Airlines, you know, free checked bag and some of those other features that, that just, you know, end up adding up after a while. So, um, 
that that's yeah. my go-to card and and i use it everywhere yeah no i i we might have even talked about this in the past but i i do have appreciation for some of those cards if you know how to maximize and you're okay with being specific to a certain uh type i mean you're you are loyal to alaska because of that card but also you're, you're saving money with it um i do I do like that, but I, I, on my end, you know, I always am, am searching for the cheapest flight or yeah. mostly the cheapest flight. Yeah. So that lack of freedom, maybe there's, there's some free, there's some freedom or, or freeing feelings to not having to choose, you know, what, or, or price check and everything else that I so often go through. But I also like the option to be like, Hey, I, I mean, I love Alaska. I think Alaska's maybe Alaska and Delta are like some of the best flights I've been on and uh, I would love to take them, but they're often more expensive. And so we usually take us or American airlines or those type of middle tier flights, yeah. which aren't as good, but they, we save, you know, a hundred bucks there, a hundred bucks there. And so it kind of, you know, to me, I'm, I'm too cheap to, to, live the high life on a specific card I think. see and that's where i justify that extra expense is that i'm trying to be loyal to them so i i end up earning points with them and and extra points because of you know maybe spending you know 40 or 50 more dollars with them than you know one of the cheaper airlines but by getting more points that means i can travel more that's actually how i traveled to new zealand was just based off yeah. of points um, and all that kind of stuff. So that that's kind of where I come at it from. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Do you uh, do you memorize your card number, Brian? I know the first eight digits. After that, I don't. Wow, interesting. Well, it, is that I, a common thing to do this? Uh, I know a lot of people who do memorize their cards. The, the first eight digits I don't think change from my understanding I don't think they change as you get new cards or at least I haven't so like I actually just had to get a replacement card because I had a fraud alert on it and the first eight digits have been the same for I don't know six or eight years so yeah. that's how I know them now because it's so easy and then, you know, the last, I guess I could get the last four to now because that's what it's always showing. Yeah. So really it's that, that third four that I just need to memorize and I'd probably, I'd be there. So. Yeah. I, I could not tell you, well, I know some numbers and some variation. I'm probably get half of them correct, but the, the last four I know just because I constantly see it. And I also memorize the, Code was it the code at the, yeah. in the back? Yeah. Um, so just because it often asked me to verify that, so um, we're oh. not going to read them out loud to all of you people. Uh, we don't want you stealing our, our credits. But uh, I just want to know why Amex though has to do the four-digit security code, where everybody else thing. is three. Amex is the apple of the credit card world. <laughs> They they are they are like we are too cool for school like you know we're gonna have this premium product and we're gonna do things differently just for the sake of doing things differently and it's annoying and uh, I mean I have an Amex and 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 
you know, I, we're, we just talked about the best card. I mean, it's hard to argue. I mean, Visa versus MasterCard, it's it's pretty even to me. Yeah, I, they're yeah. accepted everywhere. Yeah. But but Discover and Amex, how do you compete? They're not. They're not accepted everywhere, and it's so annoying when. I mean that that was one of the main reasons why I stopped Discover was one I grew out of it, but two it was like I was tired of getting, you know, it's like that uh, that old joke like is Pepsi okay? And it's like with when you go to use your credit card and you're like, ah, oh, sorry, we only have Visa and Mastercard here. It's like, well, I guess I'm using cash. Like that's annoying. I can't imagine, you know, I luckily don't have to use my Amex that often, but it's crazy how there's how they still have a business that isn't accepted everywhere yeah and and what's interesting is i mean you know obviously visa was one of the first but amex and and mastercard kind of came in at the same time you know discover card it makes sense i mean they came in real late in the game but in terms of timeline Mm -hmm. but you know amex and and mastercard right in the mid 50s you know and and I don't know. Understand? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what's your credit card payment style? So, okay. So for me, I am pretty religious with paying off the entire bill every single month. Yeah. Uh, and I would even say now I've I've shifted away from this, but the way I did it was. Actually, every single time I thought about paying my card, I would immediately go into the app and pay. And so what that means is that some months I would pay my bill four times. And I would I would just be like, oh, well, there's more money on there. I'll just pay it. Oh, there's more money. I'll just pay it. And um, I would rely on my memory, which is, you know, not the best. But I would I would do it like every time I think of it. Uh, I did like one month that was like a crazy month. And I was like two days late and they didn't dock me or anything. It was, it worked out fine. But when I forgot, I immediately said, I can't do, I can't rely on that anymore. So I went to a, um, pay the entire bill every single month automatically. Yep. And I just make sure that I, you know, keep the right amount of money in my checking account, um, to pull that money out. But I, it gives me a lot more peace of mind though. It is weird. Like, because I do still have the tendency that I'm like, oh, let me just check how much is on my my account, and maybe it's a kind of a couple hundred bucks, and I'm like, oh, I should pay it, and they're like, do not pay, <laughs> like don't pay, you you have something scheduled to pay in like three weeks, so don't pay, and it's like, but I want to pay, and it, you know, there's ways around it, but it's just kind of weird changing my style around like that. But I, I definitely pay every single month. I I can't remember the last can't remember the last time. Maybe it was college that I actually carried over money. Oh yeah. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I am similar. I, I pay every month. I have, don't think I've ever actually carried over a balance or at least intentionally carried over a balance yeah. that I can remember. Um, and you know, honestly, I treat my credit card like a debit card. Like there is, they're interchangeable to me at the yeah. end of the day. I don't, you know, fortunate with having a job and everything and and never gotten to a point where I'm getting close to running out of money in my checking account or, or any cash, you know, that I might have liquid. And so I, I just, you know, buy what, what is on my, you know, 
what I have the ability to pay for, regardless of if I'm paying it for a debit card or a credit card, they are no different to me. I mean, I don't even pay yeah. my, you know, property taxes and, and things like that with my credit card. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll I, pay that little fee to, to have more miles for my credit card. Yeah. I get like there's credit cards are, are one of those things. And again, I, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily for everyone, but, but just being able to manage credit is, is can be challenging. It can be daunting sometimes, but if you're able to, you know, if you have a, a, an income and you have a credit card, like you can master it. And I, I'm not a master of it, but I know ways to maximize it. I mean, I am making money. It is. I am making more money from my credit card every single year. By well, like, I don't know if I'd say making money because you're you're spending the money. You're just yeah, but saving. I would have been spending it anyway. That's the thing. I mean, maybe there's a small increase in in uh, ability or or interest to spend when you have the the luxury or the um, ability the, to, there's to a little bit of an incentive I would say sure, to spend sure, but, because you are getting a little bit back from whatever of course but I, I've, I've shifted almost a little bit away from oh spend so that I get more back it's just spend when I need to spend and then use this card because I know that's the best way to get it back and I, I mean I again I've I have made thousands of dollars off of my card. made again is a, a I have I have made thousands of dollars off of my card some people do the same thing Brian and they spend thousands of dollars on interest and I am the opposite uh, as, as you are too you are you know you're paying it off every month you're getting the benefits of it and you could make the you can let the credit card work for you yeah is all I'm saying alright real quick uh, do you like to swipe insert your card or use touchless so i am a i have the um the chip in my as most do yeah um, so i am a i'm an insert person yeah. um, swipe i don't love doing though i will occasionally uh, i'm not a touchless person yet yeah i don't know when i will shift i just don't love it's not available it's not widely available yet uh, where I'm, I'm ready to shift over mm. but you know <laughs> android. Like apple pay and <laughs> android pay and all them like i just not quite there yet yeah yeah it's interesting because i actually with getting my card replacement i just got my first credit card that was actually touchless so like you can oh. you can wait you know use the card as a touchless payment and, oh, okay. and for years I had seen those, you know, I think maybe Chevron or Exxon or one of those gas stations had that option, but obviously not having the Exxon card or whatever, you right. know, the um, gas station card, I didn't have that option. Two years ago when I went to uh, London, that's a, like all they have. They don't have, like you can do the chip insert but they don't like to do that because then you actually have to sign for it. They would prefer that you do the touchless because then you don't have to sign for it. Huh. And so I was like, wow, we are so far behind. Cause like, I mean, maybe it was other places and, and I'm, Apple pay was 
coming along, but I, I don't think it was necessarily, you know, as widespread that as it is, you know, nowadays, but now I, I am like always conflicted because I almost forget that I have, um, you know, touchless on my phone, but man, it is so easy. It's so easy to pay because I mean, it's literally unlocking my phone and holding it up to the, the little machine. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't doubt the ease of it. I just, um, the accessibility right now is what holds because you're Android. So, That's because you're Android. It has nothing to do with that. I can still do it on Android. I just choose not to. All right. Well, real quick before we jump into our, our delusional thinking, uh, I want to quiz you, Brian. I'm gonna, I have a couple quick slogans of credit card companies. These are some are new, some are old, um, but I'm just going to do a couple of the main ones. And you have to tell me what the company is. Okay. We treat you like you'd treat you. Uh, MasterCard. Nope. Oh, for one, that is Discover. Oh man, I was. You, you, I was. You know those commercials? No, I, I don't think. I don't know the last time I've seen a Discover commercial. Let's be honest. I. They actually have some. That they're basically those. Those commercials are. They're. Like I'm the customer and I'm t- on the phone with customer service and I'm talking to myself oh, and yeah. yeah. So like yeah. that really resonated with me. Um, that one. Okay. So everywhere you want to be. That is Visa. Correct. Yes. Correct. Okay. So, I I could go the other way. I'm, I'm going to go this way. There are some things money can't buy, but for everything else, there's blank. Mastercard. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with this, and there could be repeats. Priceless. Mastercard. Yeah. Again. <laughs> All right, I'll leave it at that because uh, I couldn't find the Amex one on this list, but um, I, I forget. Like Amex is, talks about like the world. Yeah, it talks right? about the world, but but again, as I've traveled internationally, it's not good. I know. What's the I I I was almost excited that right now it's don't live life without it. Thought it was something different. Um, yeah, that's bad. But uh, don't leave yeah, home without it. Is oh, it, don't leave. Yeah. Oh, this says yeah. Don't leave home without it too. Oh, it the slogan evolved from yeah. Don't leave home without. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember those it. commercials. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, when we went to Europe on our honeymoon, I was anticipating not being able to, like, needing an Amex, yeah. and was like, yeah. yeah, we didn't use it one time. Yeah. I, I mean, they. I wonder if it's because they they do claim. I think there's no international fees, and a lot of the other companies were charging. You know, early yeah. on they were charging that. So if you could find a place that would take it, great. But yeah, not many places did. So, all right. Well, should we jump into some delusional thinking? Let's do it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. 
All right, Brian. The delusional thinking question for today about credit cards. Would you rather live your life without credit cards? Now we're going to expand this to say no cards at all. So yeah, no plastic. No credit cards, okay. no debit cards, yep. no plastic. No, none of or, my Apple Pay. Yeah, none of that. Or live without Google. And that will broaden out to just say no search engines yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, okay, clarifying question. Can I still write checks? Um, yeah, we'll allow check writing. Okay, because that would almost make it impossible for... I mean, I, I guess there's even things that you don't put on your credit card, like you wouldn't necessarily put a car like if you were just buy a car outright, you you. I almost kind of like the idea of having uh, just cash, but but I'll allow you to write a check. I mean, essentially, that's just your bank account directly, anyways, right? Yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think this is going to sound sad because search engines are just such a massive part of life now that I would prefer to live without credit cards or debit cards and pay everything with cash uh, you know the occasional big item with check I think I just use search engines so much more and there's so much more value to them to me than you know simply carrying around cash or having to write a check or, or, you know, deal with money in that way. I think the one, one thing that would happen is by carrying cash. One thing I notice is, is I do not necessarily spend more, but you know, for instance, if I spend 1895 or, or 1875 on, on something that coin just gets lost. And so essentially I'm, I'm, technically spending more money than than I would if I put it on the card because the card just you know keeps those cents around whereas that yeah. 25 cent coin or the 5 cent coin or whatever denomination they hand back to me in coins I almost never use that to pay anything so it's just like either sitting there or gets lost somewhere yeah. so I mean I, just to speak to that real quick, I think what you may not be considering is the fact that by only having a cash and, and check society, that your ability to purchase things online is now gone. And therefore, the again, accessibility to buy things reduces the amount that you spend yeah but here's the thing or could how are you getting to those things how are you finding them yeah if you don't have your google search or your your browser search yeah i mean that's that's the the challenge right i think i think with with this scenario it's a it's a flip of a switch right so we had everything before and now all of a sudden we don't and um and i would I would even say, I mean, I'm, just for the sake of conversation, I'm taking out the uh, like digital payment is what I'm taking out. So like yeah. even like you can't yeah, yeah. rely on Venmo. Right, 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 right. PayPal. Yeah, no, all that's gone, gone. Yeah. So 
but so but in this flip of a switch scenario i like if i didn't have google i had credit cards i could still go shopping online by going to amazon because i know to go to amazon and i can just type in amazon.com and well i will say that and I, I'm I'm formulating my opinion right now, so I'm not passionate about one or the other right now. But, um, but I will say that I use Google probably eighty percent of the time just to type in the website that I'm trying to go yep. to. Yeah. So that would that would be a big change in how I operate if I were to get rid of that. Now, how do you once you get to Amazon? How do you search for the products that you want? I don't know. Is that gone too? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, you can't go search for it because the the search engine that was driving it is gone now. Man. Right? Yeah. So on Amazon, you'd have to literally go through, if you said, hey, I want to buy toilet paper. I You're now having to go into the, how, you know, the home goods pro, you know, area drop down yeah you'd have to you'd have to go into the yeah. the specific area you're literally you know it's almost like going into the grocery store because you're then going to have to know exactly where the aisle is you're going to have to know exactly where that product is and that that's how you're going to do your search is is hmm. through the the menu of amazon yeah, I I think I I mean initially I was very uh, taken aback by that in particular, but I think you you know if I'm looking for something in particular, I don't usually scroll Amazon just looking for random stuff. Like I have an idea, I want to get this you know weed killer. Okay, great. I'm gonna look up. Well, I'm not gonna look up, but I'm gonna go to yeah, yeah. home and garden, yeah. and uh-huh. I'm going to then use some filters. And how are you gonna know uh, which one to select? Uh, I'm going to filter. I'm going to do a lot of filtering <laughs> and it's going to narrow it down to one page of things that might work. It, uh-huh. But in this scenario, and, and how are you going I to can do, buy it. And how are you going you to can't. do your research to know how to apply that and, and which product you actually need? Yeah. Because you're not going to have the ability to, to search YouTube easily. Oh jeez! You're not gonna. Yeah, I, I think this is this is quickly becoming a landslide. I, the more I think about it, it really is. We're, we're moving to a, a cashless society, or or a, uh, a card a cardless, opposite, cardless, cardless society. Yeah, um, I'm telling you because it is amazing. It is when you really think about it. I mean, you brought up good points. When you really think about it, that search feature is it's a part of everything we do. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have this podcast if we didn't have a search. <laughs> yeah. Right? We'd have like, to go I mean, to the, we're... we'd have to go to the library to go search, yeah. on, oh read a gosh. book on, on That's... credit cards. They'll read the oh. encyclopedia on credit cards. Yes. Oh, wow. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I, there's, there's just, a, there's a lot. And, and how would, heck in this, in that scenario, how would the librarian be able to look up where the book is? She'd have to memorize where all the books are. Oh no, it's the card catalog. It's the it's the Dewey Decimal oh. System, right? It's the oh, old school. I, I, do they still do that? Uh, I mean, I, I, I haven't would been imagine. to a library. <laughs> like, 
I would imagine that <laughs> Five years. you know they still have to keep the Dewey Decimal System in, intact. I guess so. I guess that makes sense. So maybe there's a safe spot, but um, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I, I flipped I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, you. I didn't know where I was landing, but uh, I wanted to explore the option uh, because it, there's, I mean, you have to consider like you quickly become a more localized person and being without the use of credit card. That's you fine. I local. That's fine. You, I can search you know, that. I can search, I can search the, the company or the, is it, you know, Walmart? Is it Bartels? It, what, what company? Lowe's, Home, Home Depot, which carries the product that I need locally. I don't. Yeah. I, I I can search that. You can't yeah. do that in in the other world. You're just it's going cool. in blind. I mean, I can, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm with you on the opinion. I just want to point out that this is not a life of luxury we're going into. This is a. Oh, this is going to be a pain in the butt to shift to a a cardless society when when again 95 percent of you like you said both of our purchases are credit card right now i mean that's a that's a big old shift with every little thing that we buy i'd have to probably write a check to buzzsprout for this podcast then every month if they accept it <laughs> oh they would who knows who doesn't who doesn't accept a check when you get your, a check from your grandma, you're not be, uh, counterfeit. You're you're not getting a check from your grandma and saying, "Ah, oh, no, I don't accept this anymore." Well, that's different. The businesses, <laughs> their question, they don't they don't like checks. There's a reason why we went credit. Yeah. Checks are dated. Oh, oh. Uh, anyway, well, uh, again, fun, interesting topic that we had today. Uh, but uh, but thank you all listeners for all you questers out there for for uh, tuning in to this episode episode eighty one. Uh, but if you haven't already, as I always say, as we always say, subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcasts. And you're about to say something. Yeah, I am because I realized that we should really tee up the next episode because mm. of how the this whole transpired and and i was under the impression you know next week we're going to talk about bruce lee yeah the 30 for 30 on bruce lee b water came out on sunday for some reason we had it on our schedule for next week coming out next mm-hmm. sunday i knew like i actually watched it on sunday and and did all my research last night for bruce lee yeah. I've watched many films of Bruce Lee in the last couple of days preparing for it. So, I mean, we're all going to have to wait a week for the yeah, exciting we, episode we will, of Bruce but, Lee. But I think what that does is one, we're going to, we're going to deep dive into Bruce Lee um, as I'm sure the series did as well. But if you are interested in that topic, you have some time to tune in uh, in the meantime, and hopefully we'll add, an additional layer we can have a, I mean I, I know I, I haven't watched it yet but I will um, and we can add an, another layer of analysis to to that as we talk about it but uh, but yeah I'm interested to just talk I mean he's an interesting person uh, that I, I honestly don't know a ton about yeah and I'm excited to learn more about you know such an iconic person especially during this time period too it's it's a interesting you know race relations in the United States is sure. is yeah. kind of a major topic that comes up and and so it's yeah. kind of interesting that 
you know his stance and everything being back in the the 50s and well i guess it was the 60s and 70s yeah but yeah yeah. all right well well, uh, look forward to it next week yeah i i am as well all right Uh, <laughs> this is first time you like interrupted my like out uh outro I, here. I mean, going, I forgot but, uh, we were supposed to we should have talked about Bruce. No, it's good. No, and and we honestly we we've we've been more thoughtful in our not more thoughtful, but we're planning ahead a lot of these episodes so we can even tease them at the end. Yep. Um to give people a little bit of a heads up, but but yeah, uh appreciate all you guys follow us wherever we are. Uh you know the drill. Um Thanks. All right. Until next time on the quest for 100.